Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Anne Filippi, founder of The New Health Club. If you want to know about psychedelics as new mental health tools, you came to the right place. I talk to innovators, thought leaders and disruptors, creating the future of mental health and mental wellness. And we think that the future is already here. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the New Health Club Show. My guest today is Patrick Moher. CEO at Microdose Psychedelic Insights and creator of the Wonderland Psychedelic Conference in Miami. Patrick is an entrepreneur working in psychedelics and cannabis. He's a passionate and unapologetic environmentalist. Founded Ethical Image, co-founded a couple of companies like Alan Aldous Communications, Goodwood Accessories, UCAN Academy, and he's a partner at AdCan. I have met Patrick many times last year, mostly on Airtable, where he hosted the Microdose conference virtually. With Microdose Online, one was able to see what was happening in the incredible new field of psychedelics and the big names of the psychedelic renaissance all made their appearance there. As we all remember, that was the time of the growing psychedelic ecosystem when everyone met virtually and sometimes this felt like meeting people in space. Everything was slow, frequently interrupted, and not very good to see. But now, Wonderland is near. The first big in real life conference in Miami, where most people in the psychedelic world will meet the first time in real life. Patrick founded the conference and is one of the people bringing the ecosystem and industry together in a new way. I'm not sure, but Wonderland might become the Art Basel Miami for psychedelics. The event will certainly be an interesting and important meeting of science, capital, and entertainment, meaning names like Mike Tyson and Lamar Odom speaking about their personal healing with the support of psychedelic therapy. A new development in the recent entertainment world that I think is becoming very interesting. But now over to Patrick and to Wonderland. I am very excited to have Patrick Moher on the show today from Microdose, CEO of Microdose. So, and um, I think for the last probably four weeks, you only had one big topic in your life, which is the Wonderland Conference in Miami taking place um, 7th, 8th and 9th of November. So, but before we jump into this, because I, I was listening to a couple of interviews with you and, and trying to read up some things, but I never could really find something how you got actually really interested in psychedelics as this new emerging space that you are also kind of co-creating now with, because I think we are all kind of in that industry, people know what they're doing, but it's like, I feel like there has never been a situation where you create something from the scratch. So how did you get into this whole craziness? 
Yeah, well, uh, first of all, I'm a big fan of crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty crazy myself, so it makes a whole lot of sense. Kind of my my entrepreneur journey was, you know, taking two years off outside of high school because I saw a lot of friends and people, you know, doing degrees and getting jobs that they didn't know they wanted or didn't know what they, you know, were studying or where they were going. So I was like, let me hold off on that. And I read a lot of like Seth Godin and I'm a you know, big fan of Elon Musk. And so, you know, the, the cliche of follow your passion and, you know, it'll work out. I kind of just dove into that full steam. So I became a photographer because I couldn't figure out how to make my camera do the things that my eye wanted it to do. So you know, I found the shortest time commitment for uh, photography school. I applied to Humber College, got in, did two years there, and probably spent about two, three years as a professional photographer. I think it was like late 2016 or early 2017, I saw somebody posting about cannabis stocks on my Facebook. And I was like, oh, I like weed. Like, sweet. So I put my life savings in, in some cannabis stocks. And, you know, those took off during legalization. And then I quit my job because, you know, I wasn't necessarily feeling fulfilled with, uh, you know, building something. I'm a builder. I'm a creator. So I started building cannabis companies. My first cannabis company was Ethical Image, and it was a philanthropic creative agency. Uh, we planted 100 to 1,000 trees for every job we did, just to sort of show that you can you know, give back in real time. I'm not a wealthy guy, you know, anything like that, but you can make a change in your daily, you know, daily habits and daily impact. <clears throat> and then... Uh, I think like uh, late 2019-ish, like the cannabis industry started to tank a little bit. And marketing budgets are the first one to go. So a lot of my companies suffered. And I kind of just, you know, it took a month to go cold turkey, really figure some things out, focus on my health and my mental state. And uh, at the end of the month, I saw one of the Conscious Fund gentlemen posting on LinkedIn about the virtual psychedelics conference. So, you know, I reached out and I said, how can we help? How can we help it build? You know, that kind of thing boosted it. We had an incredible first show. And, you know, I'm just also a fan of psychedelics. I had my first mushroom trip in Amsterdam with uh, some Mm. legal truffles there in 2018 when I visited London for the Olympics. I haven't had necessarily that aha moment, life-changing moment, anything like that. It's just kind of, I think people are referring to it as the betterment of the well. And so I've, I've benefited from psychedelics personally, mentally, emotionally, probably physically. I don't know leave that to the scientists and i just kind of jumped in full steam because it's where my passion and uh you know sort of combination of purpose and profit intersected and i think psychedelics are gonna change the world and i would like to see that happen in a responsible sustainable manner so you know we're building microdose as kind of the uh, platform for the space to communicate on you know get information investment you know special projects we're launching a magazine we have some uh accredited training courses industry report you know the online events and so that's kind of how this all came to be it's just a long journey of getting kicked as an entrepreneur and figuring it out (laughs) okay so but now back to of course the main topic wonderland so now the changes from last year's Airtable situation where everybody could be at home in their pajamas, basically just joining, just being that nervous. But I mean, it's interesting. First of all, it's going to be like probably the first meeting of a lot of people in person, which is going to be interesting. I'll be meeting 80% of my team in person for the first time. Oh, really? I'm actually the most excited about uh, the sixth because we have a big team dinner and I get to break bread with all my colleagues that have 
you know, really it's the team that made this happen. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, what I find interesting and that's what we are also very much interested at the new house club is that it has already a strong, let's say entertainment angle in a sense that there are people like Mike Tyson, Daniel Carcillo. I mean, you could name him too, actually in that context. It's interesting that we had totally that experience that the moment celebrities kind of start to talk about this, it immediately reaches people, the psychedelic topic or the mental health topic that otherwise wouldn't be reached. So in what way did you plan it as a kind of semi, let's say, let's call it entertainment summit almost, which I think is a great thing. I mean, it's not a criticism from my side. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we really wanted to brand this as an experience, not an event. I mean, if you think about it, psychedelics, they're an experience, you know, it's not this analytical, you know, one plus one, you know, there's a lot of variables and you find that people that enjoy psychedelics are generally more, you know, in tune with their emotions, out of touch a little bit more with their ego, visually satisfied by creative things. And, you know, we just didn't want to be boring. So it's not a standard trade show where it's just going to be, you know, a bunch of booths and people trying to sell you stuff. Cause I, you know, actually not a lot of these products are for sale. Right. So no, none of them. <laughs> Very few right now. Yeah, exactly. There'll be some supplements uh, companies some you know, ancillary companies, psychedelic waters are VIP event sponsor for the Sunday night. And uh, so that'll be a really cool party. But you know, like if you think about it, And this is a chorus that echoes across most industries, I think, is business is done via relationships. Mm-hmm. Most of the you know, high-value joint ventures, partnerships, that kind of thing, it comes from somebody you trust, you know, and you love, right? So, you know, big emphasis on making sure that people are having fun, but also there's going to be, you know, really like a lot of heavy-hitting scientific evidence. We've got, you know, keynotes from the teams at Wasana. Numinous, Mindset Pharma, mm -hmm. Wake, you know, and, and there's going to be just a whole lot of heavy hitters on the science side, but there will also be a lot of entertainment, experiential activations, some art galleries, exhibits. Yeah, we just want to make sure that people have a good time while they're learning and while they're, you know, networking and really focused on just producing an event that everyone can enjoy, you know? Mm -hmm. Mike Tyson and Daniel Carcillo will do kind of the kickoff conversation, I think. We've pushed them to a little bit later in the day. Okay. Just, you know, this is a very fluid schedule, as I'm sure you can imagine. We're building in real time and you can see online, you know, what we're building, how it's going. And it's been a hell of a commitment, but, you know, it, it wouldn't have been possible without all of our industry supporters, partners, you know, we've got HC Wainwright um, as a title official banking sponsor of the conference. So, you know, some heavy hitters on the financial side, a lot of funds, institutions, VCs are mm -hmm. attending, but, you know, so, so there's, it's kind of also built to be something for everyone. There's also going to be, you know, scientific keynotes from luminaries such as Robin Carter Harris, David Nutt, Ben Sessa, Uh, Matthew Johnson. I'll be doing a fireside chat with Rick Doblin. We're going to, you know, yeah. from, uh, from Olga from Wake, and you know, Deborah Mash is going to be on a on a panel. So a lot of legends in the space coming together for this one. So mm -hmm. really, just proud of how it's come together. And I think the the case of Mike Tyson to me is especially interesting because 
it happened to be that like 2011, I interviewed him for GQ when I lived in California for, I think, seven or eight hours at his home. Wow. Yeah, because he was full on medication. I mean, it wasn't confirmed or anything, but looking back at it today, of course, I know pretty much like back then I didn't know so much about it. But so, and um, he always went kind of in and out of being able to really be opening up and then kind of disappearing again emotionally and internally for like five minutes. So it was really interesting to see, I mean, also very sad to see the way he was, um, had to pull himself together. Yeah. And then obviously like a year ago, then when he talked about doing 5-MeO DMT and kind of losing his suicidal thoughts and everything. So, and of course it's super important for a lot of people if somebody like him speaks out on this and also doesn't kind of come across obviously as a a person who would do this in terms of recreational fun ideas. I mean, I would be totally positive that it saved his life because thinking about him back then, I always thought like, oh God, this guy is like still very young. What's going to happen to him? Yeah. And I mean, you know, similar to Daniel Carson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lozano, right? Yeah. Like they were both the baddest dudes, you know, the yeah. meanest, like tough, like I'll beat the shit out of you, buddy. You know, and it's like, I, I totally understand that, you know, with a guy like Mike Tyson, he doesn't have the cleanest track record in the past. He's been a controversial figure. He's, there are some negative aspects to that. And, you know, we're not going to shy away from, you know, that idea. But I also think it gives a little bit of credence, hopefully, you know, and, and I'm not excusing any, any actions or uh, litigation or anything like that. But it's like, the whole point of psychedelics, in my opinion, in this medical industry is to heal people. So if you can take case studies of, you know, some of the, you know, most extreme cases of maybe personality disorder, or, you know, cognitive defects from getting, you know, sustained concussions all the time, why wouldn't you share that story? I mean, you know, if we're not here to help people change their lives, what are we doing? Yeah, but I mean, I even remember he told me back then he's breeding these doves in, in his backyard. So, and when he was seven, I mean, he had a very, obviously very traumatized childhood, but he was nursing a dove back to life that was very hurt that he found in the street. And then the dove came back to life and his uh, neighbor friend, he came by and killed the dove. So, and then he just beat the shit out of that kid because... Obviously, I mean, it's kind of almost easy to understand. So, and I mean, I think it's so important to realize also that you listen to these stories that people have experienced and not only like he's this half criminal guy who, who did crazy things in Vegas. And of course he did, but the great thing with psychedelics, I find is that we can even go back further to events and people's lives that obviously now, I mean, if you listen to that book, The Body Keeps the Score, or read it. I mean, I'm just listening to it as an audiobook. I mean, it's like every minute is like another revelation of how incredibly important this is what people experienced at the beginning. It's not just that. It's depression. It's PTSD. It's anxiety. Yeah, yeah. It's, you yeah. know, terminal illnesses. Like, if you can take the most extreme case studies and they work, I think there's something there. Mm -hmm. What would be your favorite outcome of that conference? I mean, what is your biggest wish that after that conference has changed 
<laughs> besides you being the man bringing everybody together? Um, this to me isn't about me or us. It's about the industry. It's about humanity. Um, I think probably two things to that question is one being able to like, you know, we took a huge risk putting this thing on in the middle of COVID. There's a lot of liability. There was a lot of negotiations, you know, somebody has to be the first person to do it. So we did it. And so I think, you know, the resounding comments that I'm getting is people, you know, really just excited to meet people that they've been Zooming with for two years. So bringing community together, facilitating commerce, because, you know, I mean, I'm not a hardcore capitalist. I'm not a super rich dude, but I do believe that, you know, purpose and profit and passion can intersect to create a difference. You know, I'm not a big fan of capitalism in general or, you know, the whole 1% or anything like that. But, you know, I kind of run with the ideology of the, the Robin Hood thing. It's like, if you can take some of that, put it towards good, like, why wouldn't you? You know, you mm -hmm. don't, you don't have to be the richest, you don't have to be the most influential, but you just have to kind of put your mind to something and, and do it day in, day out. And then probably the third thing will be the media coverage. I think we're going to make some major waves on networks. We're going to have a lot of journalists. I'm just going to pull up a list here because I have a terrible memory. But we've put a he heavy emphasis into you know, PR and making sure that this story doesn't just stay in the Adrian Arsh Center, but that it, you know, mm -hmm. gets onto timelines of people that might not otherwise consider psychedelics or even cannabis as, you know, a legitimate medicine or a legitimate solution for mental health problems. You know, I don't love the word stigma, but, you know, psychedelics do deal with a great amount of stigma and, um, You know, just like the 60s movement, the Timothy Leary thing, you know, the just say no, the rag and all that. I think this is going to change that narrative in a better sense. So in terms of media coming, I'm just going to pull up this list from my dear colleague, Christina. So we've got Forbes, Psychology Today, Benzinga, Reuters, Reuters, Highly Capitalized, Institutional Analyst Inc., Daily Mushroom, Hip Hop Radio, Psychedelic Spotlight. You know, the Dales Report, Lucid News, Business Insider, Vice, I think potentially CBS, mm -hmm. Culture Creators, you know, and the list goes on and on. So you're going to see this on your timeline. If you haven't already before the event, you're going to see it after. And I think, you know, part of this industry is, is sharing stories. You know, I was... I was just talking with Jordan J. Adams from the United Fight Alliance. And, you know, I put him on the spot and he kind of shared about his traumatic brain injuries and, you know, his cognitive decline and that kind of thing. And I said, what was it that made you think that, because, you know, he came from the army, he came from a very conservative, hardcore background. He thought, stoners were stupid hippies and you know people doing drugs were just trying to get high and have a good time and escape the reality and that kind of thing and so i was like what changed your mind and he said well i saw people that i know love and respected opening up about this on social and you know i kind of had that like maybe i should take a look at it like it can't be all that bad so you know this is what's really going to propel this industry forward and you know you see Like just in the last week, you see, you know, Will Smith talking about it, Trevor Noah, uh, Mark Messier, another hockey guy. He said mushrooms changed his life. Mm. You know, it's like, it's coming. And yeah. I think it's going to speed it up. Today was another GQ piece about Rick Dublin. So how are, let's say, mainstream media, do they start to approach you too? Do you see like a difference that 
they kind of opening up to the topic and not only like, let's say health media and um, psychedelic media. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more coverage in Forbes recently. Yeah. Um, and it's funny when people like there's always the oh cannabis versus psychedelics. And I come from a background in the cannabis industry. So the one thing that I note on the media side is, you know, during the, the big boom rise and fall of cannabis, there was an overwhelmingly split narrative on what the outcome would be, if the industry is legitimate, you know, there was a lot of hucksters and people just making money and, and that kind of thing. With psychedelics, I can't recall the last piece of negative news coverage that I've seen, except for that guy in Florida that ate mushrooms and killed somebody. You know, that those things happen. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. That's why we need safety and education and regulation and you know, that kind of thing. But overwhelmingly positive, positive, positive feedback because it's like, how can you argue with real-world results, science, yeah, proper exactly. policy, you know, mm -hmm. like It's coming. Yeah. One thing I wanted to talk to you about, because I think it's still a topic in whatever industry one is around. It's like that, let's say a lot of people would be kind of looking at the panels and um, there are hardly any women. So it's only guys. I mean, in media industry, I had similar experience. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that, how you approach that Topic. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we want to be on the right side of history here. I believe in diversity and inclusion. I, you know, our staff, I've hired 70% females on a full-time, you know, well-paid capacity. Like we're doing it right internally. Externally, we did calls for speakers for, you know, months. Uh, mm -hmm. We did outreach. I think our split on male versus female right now is close to 60-40, maybe 45-55. So we're doing it. When we put out the call for speakers, we received hundreds of applications. You know, we had to break some hearts. Unfortunately, there will be more uh, wonderlands and, you know, everyone will get a chance to speak. We're very open with our virtual events. You know, we've always probably within six months of startup, like we always put our, you know, call for applications out. It's always on social. It's always out in the open. And if you want to know a fact, 66% of those applications were male, 33% mm -hmm. were female. So we're actually exceeding the anticipated demand mm -hmm. of, um, you know, diversity and, and inclusion. And, you know, like we're committed to doing good for the industry. We've given complimentary sponsorships to a number of nonprofits and charities in the space that are doing great work. We're featuring a lot of speakers from the Heroic Hearts. Theracil will be there. Fireside Hotline will be there. Maps will be there. I mean, really, like I'm a big fan of CSR inclusivity. And if you come to me with or any of our team with a request, it's, you know, we're going to make sure that sees the light of day in one capacity or another. We do a ton of free coverage on the blog, you know, like complimentary virtual sponsorships. We've had panels on diversity and inclusivity. We've had panels on, you know, indigenous uh, affairs. And, you know, we've got a veterans panel. We've got an indigenous panel. We've got diversity and inclusion panel. We're trying our best. So if we're not doing a good enough job, reach out. Let's hear it. You know, I don't shy away from criticisms. I want to hear it because if you keep it to yourself, nobody's going to hear it. I mean, in this, let's say, short time that this new psychedelic wave exists, let's say like uh, the last two years, in my perception, it was surprisingly fast that there were also topics related to, let's say, female or LGBT 
community questions that almost like an influenced companies that got built out of these questions. Yeah, totally. Because, you know, like psychedelic people that have experienced psychedelics and, and really had that internal transformation and change, they realize with cannabis psychedelics and any other industry, you're in a capitalist society. You're kind of playing by the same rule book. But with this, you know, coming off the ground as a brand new industry, it can be formed from the ground up. I think the people that have been doing the work, you know, the, the OGs, the veterans, they have a say in the matter. And we want to hear that voice and respect it. Because, you know, even just as a big media company ourselves, like the media is part of the narrative. And so, you know, we can influence a positive change in that capacity. Mm. And, you know, you're still dealing with capitalism, you're still dealing with consumerism and the old boys club and that kind of thing. But I'm seeing a much heavier emphasis on this. You know, I'll call out a couple specific examples of companies that I think are doing a fantastic job on the CSR side. There's, you know, SciGen has committed a portion of its profits to, I believe it's Theracil. And that's a commitment in perpetuity. Fine mm -hmm. uh, Ventures has committed 50% of their fund profits to reciprocity. Recently, we brought on a sponsor called Journey Lab. They're going to be on a couple panels. And, you know, they've devoted 20% of their company equity to, you know, the underserved communities. It's happening. And I think, you know, given the way the world is going, people are becoming more socially conscious, more aware of inequality. You know, there's the conversation around, you know, uh, women's rights, uh, the BIPOC community, you know, the 1%, that kind of thing. And that's not going to slow down anytime soon. You know, you don't stifle this conversation by not doing the right thing. I think there's a real chance here that things can be done. Well, I feel also that, I mean, if I compare it to, let's say, classic media where I come from, like, for example, something like Double Blind is doing, which I really think it's amazing what they're doing. And That wouldn't have been possible that way in a classic media context. I mean, unless they would have done a fashion website or something. Right. And, and guess what? This isn't a classic industry. That's what I, I find one of the most fascinating things that it's really something that doesn't actually not really exist yet. So, but after Wonderland, there will be a, a milestone in terms of existing. So, and um, still like the speed that industry has developed, especially in 2020 in this weird year, it's kind of really fascinating to me. Yeah. And I mean, you know, to be honest, it might be sort of buried in memory in a sense because of how COVID impacted the event and, you know, the community and that kind of thing. But, you know, MAPS did a big event back in 2017 that was, you know, really heralded as an incredible time. Um, you know, we were standing on the shoulders of giants. Rick Doblin decided 32 years ago he was going to take it to the FDA and change things. You know, Horizons in New York, they've been operating for a decade and they've done, you know, very high quality programming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, I appreciate that. There's, you know, there's a bunch, but we're definitely trying to scale it up. And we leveraged a lot into this and took a big risk. But, like, you know, I'm hoping it's going to pay off and, and influence others to kind of go out there and, like, you can. Talk about how much other people aren't doing the right thing. You can focus on the negative. You can, you know, blast it out. Or you can do the work that, you know, like, what's the quote? Be the change you wish to see, right? Might mm. as well get busy. Do the right thing because your actions and who you are as a person influences others and their thinking. That's true, yeah. 
And who's the talk you're looking most forward to? I mean, probably my fireside chat with uh, Rick Dobbin because I'll actually mm -hmm. on the stage. I'm nervous as shit for that. So <laughs> we'll see if my uh, armpits are stained with sweat and if I'm shaking. But uh, no, I, I'm, I'm just a big fan of Rick. I think he's done some incredible work. And uh, yeah. it's an honor to be able to sit on the stage next to him. So hopefully I don't mess that one up this year. <laughs> I don't think so. But um, one of the things that's also super fascinating is that there's so many compounds now getting researched. I mean, obviously, psilocybin and ketamine are the main topics, but what to you is the most fascinating compound so far? I mean, not necessarily that you would have to have done it, but just as a topic. God, these are good questions. You're killing me here. <laughs> um, Mushrooms are the big conversation. That's what everyone yeah. when they think of psychedelics. Me personally, I'm a big fan of acid. DMT has really taken the limelight recently. And, you know, that was our biggest molecular masterclass yet. You know, there's the more like traditional ceremonial, peyote, ayahuasca. You know, those are kind of bubbling up. MDMA, because it's going to be federally regulated, hopefully by the FDA, by the end of, I think, 2023 is the goal. And like it's serving the people that need it the most, the first line responders, veterans, you know, healthcare workers, frontline workers on COVID. We're dealing with a mental health crisis because of the, the COVID epidemic. You know, there's a lot of shit going on there. And, uh, and I think MDMA is going to prove out statistically and factually that it can create a massive impact and change. And it's been in the works for over three decades. So that's going to be a big, big, big hoorah moment, I think, for the industry. Mm -hmm. So that, that's probably the one that and it's fun to do. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's uh, most people, I think, remember this maybe from their time when they went out dancing. I mean, most people heard about it as ecstasy, I think. Yeah, actually, Ollie, rolling, MDMA, all that. Yeah. And that's the cool narrative change that I'm really excited about. It's like, oh, isn't that just a drug that you do to have fun and party and it's for kids and EDM shows? And it's like, actually, yes, but also, <laughs> what else? You know, it's like, and you can't just put all these things in one bucket. Each individual has their own relationship with drugs, with consuming, consuming media, consuming food, consuming intoxicants. I'm, sure. I'm a big fan of cognitive liberty. And, you know, if you're not hurting anyone, then, you know, go for it. Do whatever you want, whatever makes you happy. And also just like, you know, on the legal versus medical versus recreational framework, I, I say all three, go for it. You know, somebody might want to talk to a doctor and, you know, do it in a set and setting in a clinic in New York. And some people want to eat a fistful of mushrooms and talk to a tree for five hours. Well, you lose the track of time. So you don't know how long you're going to yeah. talk to the tree. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Make sure you give it a hug when you're done. Exactly. So anything else you want to tell us about Wonderland that you really want to tell people? Because when, when this podcast comes out, people in theory still have a couple of days to buy tickets. Yeah, we're close to top line, but we do still have uh, some time. I believe we're going to be selling tickets right up until the day of the event. Shout out to my business partner, Connor. Our digital systems are pretty fire. <laughs> mm -hmm. Got a lot of robots working for us. It's great. Um, so I think we're going to be selling right up to the event. There are still tickets, VIP, VIP Plus, Early Bird, and the second Early Bird. They're all sold out. But we do have standard tickets and business tickets and 
I believe, if not already, you should be set up with an affiliate link and a discount code. So people that are tuned into you can save a little bit of money on the tickets. If we don't already have that set up, let's do that after because I'm just talking. No, no, we already sold five tickets. Oh, nice work. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think this is going to be something where if you're on the fence and you decide not to, you might regret it. So come one, come all. We're happy to have you there. Uh, It's going to be a busy, busy, busy two days, but... You know, the programming is going to be awesome. The activations are going to be awesome. We have uh, sponsored bags that I think Christina said the value of the products in them are at like three or 400 bucks already. So there's going to be some sweet giveaways for everybody in the audience. Uh, There's going to be an Mm -hmm. award ceremony on Monday from 8 to 10. There's going to be an after party on Tuesday and then an after after party on Tuesday. Mm. So. If you like the fiesta, come join us. And the other thing is like we're taking our COVID protocols very seriously. You have to have proof of a negative test to get in. Masks will be worn in venue. You can opt to show your double vaccination card if you would prefer. That's obviously a hot topic. So if you're not down for that, just get a COVID test. It's cool. You know, if you're dealing with immunocompromise and really, you know, can't make it out, there are virtual tickets available. We'll be broadcasting the event live on our platform. You know, and we've given out scholarship tickets and and in-kind and that kind of thing. So really trying to make this as accessible to everyone as possible. We recognize that it is an expensive event, but trust me, it costs a lot to produce. (laughs) So, you know, it's uh, we're trying our best to to serve everyone as as best we can here. I mean, I cannot say how honored I am to moderate the panel with Amber and Marcus Capone and Rachel Yehuda and many other people on the panel who are going to meet there. So, I mean, to me, especially those three are such incredible people. And it's so interesting because, I mean, they're very different where they come from, Amber, Marcus and Rachel. So what I, for example, like about them so much is that they also create like a new idea of a scientist in terms of Rachel and Amber and Marcus, a new idea of how to communicate psychedelics for veterans who are not maybe often in touch with the cool crowd or media and just can access these things very easily. So one interesting thing is that I realized I have two people in my family basically uh, having a military background, like my grandfather obviously being in World War II. And my dad was in the German army, but working with Americans. So and after reading about these kind of epigenetic questions, I really started to look at them very, very differently. And and I don't think I would have these insights without their work, for example. So that's game changer. Yeah. You know, I hope that people seeing that and seeing that you can lead the charge on that encourages other people to, you know, like, let's start more media companies. Let's get this story out there. Like, you know, one fun fact I'll share is uh, last week I was talking to my dad and, you know, we... When I was a teen, I was a bit of a shit rat. I, I got into a lot of trouble. I wasn't a big fan of rules or you know, I was pretty loud and, and that kind of thing. I won't lie. I was difficult and I smoked a lot of weed and he really didn't like that. He, you know, he comes from a very Catholic uh, religious background. And so, you know, we had our differences on that. And, you know, who hasn't been a teenager before, right? But then I, I called him a couple of weeks ago and I said, hey, I think I'm doing this conference, you know, and he knew about it. But I was like, He's a musician. So I was like, oh. do you want to come play the sax? Like, do you want to perform at, oh, at the conference? Okay. So I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, and then so, you know, to me, that's exciting because I don't think 
five or six years ago, if I said, oh, psychedelics are actually good for you, I think you would have laughed at me, you know. And, and I think a lot of people that come from, you know, conservative, religious, political, you know, army veteran backgrounds might be closed off to the idea. But I'm just, I'm so happy and thrilled that, you know, minds are changing. Yeah. You know, shout out Michael to change your mind. Like it's happening and it's working. So super thrilled. Shout out. Hi, dad. <laughs> Hope I'm making it proud. <laughs> That was amazing. I'm super excited. I'm I'm so happy I can be there and meet all these people that I had on screens. Yeah, we've never met before. We get to meet in person. I'm so excited. I have to really think hard what person there I met actually in real life. And it might be that there's no person I ever met, like for real. Maybe one or two have been to this Insight conference here, but I think it's just two or three people. It's going to be a very special IRL moment. So... Yeah, IRL moment. Thank, exactly. thank you so much uh, to, to <laughs> thank you. you to your audience for of putting up with me and, and listening to me blabber. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in Miami. Absolutely. See you there. Amazing to have you on the show. So um, I'm looking forward to November 7th, 8th, and 9th, the Wonderland Conference. And I see you soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Anne. Really appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the New Health Club Show and please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or if you would like to sign up for our newsletter, please go to www.thenewhealthclub.de and subscribe to the newsletter. Again, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, of course, there's also a New Health Club now, or even better, sign up to our newsletter on thenewhealthclub.de. I talk to you very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 